Hi, everyone. Welcome back to CEBC MENA podcast channel. We are so glad that you are tuning in to our future mobility podcast that aims to raise awareness to the sustainable transition of mobility. My name is Dana Derwish, today's episode host. For today's episode, we are tackling the topic of electric vehicle infrastructure in MENA, challenges and opportunities. Indeed, a very hot topic. Discussing this topic with me is Sam Alawiya, CEO of Green Parking, the tech company and the leading brand for environmentally friendly parking solutions and EV charging solutions in the MENA region. It is a number one parking operator in Dubai, and it is also the number one e-mobility solutions provider in the GCC. Hi, Sam. We are so excited to have you here. We are hoping to absorb all your vast knowledge during today's episode. Hi, Dana. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for the CBC. All right. I hope you're as excited as I am. So let's get into it. In the next decade, the number of electric vehicles on our roads will most likely rise substantially. As an outcome, the EV infrastructure has changed over the past few years to support the development of the fleet. Sam, could you please give us a glimpse on how the landscape has changed, specifically in the UAE, in the past couple of years? Um, That's a very important question, Dana. Um, The landscape has changed dramatically during the last few years. Uh, at least in the UAE. So uh, up to 2013, there were officially no electric cars in the region. That's only eight years back. Uh, I can still very well remember when we at Green Parking uh, purchased uh, the first BMW i3 in the region, and that was in uh, 2015. Uh, We faced a lot of difficulties registering the car because uh, the software at the car registration center of RTA here in Dubai did not accept the answer zero um, uh, when uh, we had to provide information about the CO2 emissions of the car. So it took them like a couple of months to uh, update the software to allow us to register the car. That is uh, uh, seven years back. Um, And around that uh, time, uh, Tesla started selling their first cars in the UAE. Um, And in order to be able to do so, uh, they needed to tell their potential customers that there was uh, a charging network available, which at the beginning, of course, was not the case. So what did Tesla do? Uh, Tesla decided to hand out a couple of hundred basic chargers, very, very simple chargers, Uh, to hotels and shopping centers uh, in Dubai and and some in in the other Emirates. Um, But nearly all of these chargers were only usable uh, when you had a a Tesla electric car and not an electric car from another uh, brand. Um, But at that time, it was not a big issue because nearly all the the cars that were supplied were were from Tesla. This changed in the last, uh, I would say, two, three years uh, when General Motors, when BMW and uh, when Renault uh, started selling uh, some um, electric vehicles here in the UAE. Um, So besides this, uh, Diwa, um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Diwa is the uh, Dubai Electricity and uh, Water Authority. Uh, was the first utility provider 
in the region, in GCC, uh, that recognized the importance of having an electric vehicle charging infrastructure uh, in such an important uh, global and smart city like Dubai. So in 2014, the first EV charging system, um, and here it's based on smart chargers, so compared to the, the Tesla chargers, which were uh, just simple chargers, the smart chargers are uh, different in, in that they have a SIM card that can communicate with an app or that can communicate with a back office. So that was um, uh, tendered in 2014 by DIWA, and since then, um, uh, the authority here in Dubai has uh, uh, installed more than 250 of uh, these uh, chargers. And we have, uh, at Green Parking, uh, we are very fortunate and proud uh, to have supplied the majority of these chargers. So in summary, if you allow me, uh, we can segment the current infrastructure development here in the region. And when we talk about the region, it's mainly UAE in three parts. So the first part is the public infrastructure. Uh, we have only one public electric vehicle infrastructure network currently in place in the whole of GCC, and this is in Dubai. So no other city or country has provided anything similar yet. The second segment are private sector initiatives. So on the private sector level, we see most of the malls and the hotels in the UAE um, installing simple uh, island uh, charging solutions. Uh, and that's basically to tackle uh, the needs of their visitors and to attract uh, the important group of EV drivers to promote visit uh, of uh, these malls and, uh, and hotels because, because the malls and the hotels uh, uh, rightly believe that whoever drives an electric vehicle is a high income in, or a higher income individuals individual and can spend their money in, in the hotels and the shopping centers. And this, the third segment is what I would say, uh, what we see in Europe and America is uh, the private sector networks. And here we at Green Parking are very proud that we decided in uh, 2017 to start our own initiative in this regard by installing um, smart EV chargers all the way from Abu Dhabi through all of the other Emirates in the UAE, um, connecting the UAE with Oman uh, up to the city of Muscat. So it's, uh, it's uh, the first and until now the only um, private electric vehicle charging network in GCC. And it's a free of charge network uh, called the EV network by Green Parking. It uses only smart chargers that can communicate with an app, and which provides you location information, uh, availability of chargers, uh, allows you even to book a charger, and can be um, used by all international electric vehicle brands. So this network uh, is currently being expanded, um, adding another 3,000 chargers in the coming four years, and will be covering all of GCC countries. This is... Uh, basically uh, the infrastructure situation uh, in our region at the moment. Very interesting, honestly, to learn more about the initial steps linked to EV infrastructure that took place in the UAE and how it progressed from then. 
And it's also very enlightening to learn about how green parking played a role as well. So what would you say are the major achievements in the UAE linked to EV infrastructure development in this specific uh, country? Um, well, the first achievement started here in Dubai when the city and its uh, utility company Diwa decided to install the first public EV smart charging network in the region uh, seven years ago, and uh, it's still the first and only one. Um, other achievements are that the UAE government, um, and then followed by the Omani government, um, and shortly by all uh, other member states of the GCC, decided to modify their legislation and set rules for the certification of electric vehicle chargers and uh, networks. That's very important for the public to know that you can't just come and install an electric vehicle charger wherever and whenever you like. You need uh, these chargers to be approved by authorities uh, first. And in order to do that, you need to change legislation and you have to have certification authorities in place, etc. The Dubai government recognized uh, the importance of electric vehicles to tackle major challenges uh, the world and uh, our, also our region are currently facing, such as the global warming, um, as well as uh, the high pollution levels in our cities. So uh, Dubai, for example, decided that the public EV infrastructure can be used by uh, everyone here in Dubai and actually whoever uh, drives to Dubai completely free of charge since its implementation in um, 2014. And I don't know anywhere else in the world where the public infrastructure is being offered um, for use completely free of charge. The same applies, uh, for example, also uh, for the exemption of parking charges for electric vehicles when you use uh, public parking in Dubai, for example. You don't need to pay a parking fee. Um, another achievement uh, that is not so much known is uh, that the current ratio between the cars and smart chargers in Dubai is, I think, setting a world record. So we currently have uh, uh, around 5,000 electric vehicles in the UAE, uh, but already more than 700 smart chargers. So this is a ratio of one smart charger for every seven electric vehicles, and that's an incredibly high ratio. When you compare this ratio with Norway, for example, which is the world's most important country per capita for EVs, for example, Norway only has a ratio of 20 to 1. The problem that we have is not the ratio. The problem that we have currently is that um, the chargers are not evenly distributed. So we have a very, very high number in Dubai, but the other Emirates have a much slower, uh, lower number, and, and that creates uh, problems for people who are driving between the Emirates. Uh, the same applies for all GCC countries, but I am sure, I'm sure they, will, uh, they will start their public infrastructure shortly. It's so nice to hear about the achievements, but also to get a little bit of a glimpse when it comes to the challenges that are here. So the MENA region is variable from one spot to another. We all know that, whether it was regarding resources, public perception, enabling environment, economy, and etc. But when it comes to EV infrastructure, how does the development differ between countries in the MENA region? As I explained before, uh, the Dubai government and uh, the Dubai Electricity and Water Authority led the way, and some private initiatives in Dubai uh, followed. Um, um, this is um, also strongly uh, correlated 
to the car industry. So when Tesla decided to promote their cars in the region, they chose Dubai first. The same applies to other car manufacturers, uh, to international car brands, um, as Dubai is for many of them uh, a showcase and an experimental field for the region. These decisions uh, made it necessary for Dubai to be uh, the first uh, city to implement an EV infrastructure. Now that the global EV suppliers uh, started to uh, strongly promote their vehicles also in other GC member states and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia um, uh, even announced the production side for EVs in the, in the Kingdom, uh, public infrastructure, uh, EV infrastructure, and necessary jurisdiction will follow in uh, in the other uh, GCC member states very shortly, I believe. Thank you, Sam. It's always interesting to know what goes on in people's mind. So overall, how would you describe the public perception in this region when it comes to the EV infrastructure? Um, because we don't have a lot of electric vehicles, um, I don't think that uh, there is a big perception about electric vehicle infrastructure in the region at this stage. I think we have to start with a, with a perception of electric vehicles in general. So people normally think that, you know, electric vehicles uh, take a long time for the battery to charge, uh, that they are usually more expensive than uh, gas-powered cars. Um, of course, then for the infrastructure, they, they believe that uh, it might be difficult to find a charging station, especially if they don't have a villa where they can install their own chargers, and uh, that the range of electric vehicle cars is shorter than combustion engine cars, which in general is, uh, is also true. So this is the uh, perception of most people in the region who did not have any experience with electric vehicles yet. And from my knowledge, there are two types of chargers. There are the at-home chargers and on-the-go chargers that are located at public places for convenience and ease, right? So is there a difference between charging at home or at a public location? If so, could you let us know about the differences? Yes, of course. I mean, uh, charging uh, very much depends on where you are and how fast you want or you need to charge. And this is strongly related to the power that you have available. Okay, so as you mentioned before, let's start with the home charger. So if you have an electric vehicle and uh, if you have your own villa or townhouse, uh, then that's the easiest uh, thing that uh, you, you have as an as a electric vehicle driver because then you can install a home charger, you return home at night, you connect your car to the home charger, and that's normally a slow charger. It uh, has an uh, output of 3 to uh, 22 kilowatt AC charging because this is what your villa is able to uh, provide and power to such kind of chargers. But because the car is allowed to charge overnight, when you wake up in the morning, the car is fully charged, and then you can, you can move around. And then when you return uh, to home at, the, at night, you will be able to recharge again. Um, then uh, the second type of chargers is what we are... Tesla started calling destination chargers. Okay, so these chargers are also AC chargers. They are normally 22 kilowatt chargers, and they are installed in uh, in malls. They are installed in shopping centers. They are installed in hotels. 
And they're called destination chargers because you are going there not to charge your car. You are anyhow going to that destination. And when you are at that destination, you normally spend a, a few hours, two hours, three hours. And that's normally enough for a 22 kilowatt charger to completely charge your car. And then uh, the third category is uh, the fast chargers, uh, what Tesla calls in their terminology a supercharger. Uh, this is for the people who are traveling between cities, uh, who have to use highways, that don't have any uh, time to, to spend at certain destinations. They just want to charge their energy. And these chargers uh, normally charge at 50 kilowatt. They go up to 100, 150 up to 350 kilowatt uh, charging. And uh, the fastest chargers that were installed uh, now by DIWA are uh, in, uh, at the Expo 2020. We're very proud that we supplied these chargers as well. And they are 150 kilowatt chargers. So here you have to, um, just as a, as a feedback, you would be able to fully uh, recharge your car within 10 to 15 minutes. And, uh, and that's a great achievement, I, I believe, for the electric vehicle uh, charging concept and, uh, and acceptance by the public. Okay, so there are three charger types and not two, as I initially have mentioned. So I guess we're all learning something new every day. Now, when it comes to companies with fleet uh, and that are connected to the same grid, there is a risk of overloading. Is that right? What do those companies have to do or what do those companies require to tame this charging issue? And what would you say is available in the market? This is a very, very important question that you raise here, Dana, because uh, fleets have a completely different uh, requirement uh, than the general public. We already see this in Dubai at the, those locations where uh, there is a, a, a very fast chargers installed. So these locations are normally at uh, the petrol stations. Yeah, and uh, whenever uh, we would like to to use the fast chargers at these locations, we see them occupied by uh, fleet cars because the fleet cars need fast chargers because they have to be on the road the whole day and they do not have their own chargers because DIWA is providing the charging uh, on the roads for free, also for fleets. So coming back to your questions, what do company fleets require? The first answer is they require their own fast charging network for their own cars, like everywhere else in the world. So fleets should normally not use the uh, public infrastructure. Um, and, uh, and what uh, fleets require as well is they, they require fleet software to monitor uh, electric vehicles within their fleets to see where they are, to see where they can be charged, to get information back from the drivers, because in many, many cases, the drivers claim, well, they can't work for a couple of hours during the day because they are looking for a charging uh, location or they are uh, simply waiting in line uh, until they are able to recharge their cars. So this is where we need to uh, adapt to what um, other uh, areas in the world have been uh, doing in order to separate uh, fleet requirements from the general public requirements. Okay, thank you. 
to make effective changes and transformations in our everyday lives, everyone at every level should have roles and responsibilities. So what do you think are the main roles for governments, industries, and end users in accelerating the market? Um, Okay, so that's uh, another uh, excellent question uh, in order to... uh, push electric vehicles and the acceptance of electric vehicles in our area and to make them more uh, as successful as they um, as they currently are. So let's start with the government. In addition to all the incentives that we have seen with uh, free charging, free parking, you know, uh, exemption of the of the highway tax tag payment etc. We believe that uh, the government should consider, uh, you know, reducing uh, taxation, at least for a limited period of time. So although we are a tax-free area, but we still have uh, taxes like VAT tax that range from 5% in the UAE to 15% in Saudi. Uh, We also have an import tax on cars. So if you add the import tax and you combine it with a reduction on the VAT, there are ways for governments to uh, make electric vehicles uh, less, uh, less expensive. But uh, we, uh, from uh, based on our experience, we believe that uh, the more important role of government is to provide enough electricity at those locations where electric vehicle charging infrastructure will be required uh, in the future. To make this, to explain this as more in more detail, uh, Dana, uh, I would like to give you an example. We are currently residing in a tower that has 5,000 parking bay in its car park. And uh, we were only able to install one electric vehicle charger uh, within our compound because the facility uh, only has enough spare power to connect to one electric vehicle charger. Now, let's imagine within the next couple of years, uh, only 10% of uh, the 5,000 parking bays will turn into a base for electric uh, electric vehicles. That means we would need at least 100 chargers within this facility, but we only have one charger available. So the reason for that is that there's simply not enough spare power being provided by the government infrastructure to those locations where it's needed. And I think that's the biggest role and the biggest problem that the government will have in the next couple of years, and not only here in the UAE, but in the whole region, to accelerate the adoption of the electric vehicles. Um, So this is with regard to the role of the government. Uh, With respect to the role of the industry, uh, I would uh, segment this into uh, three parts. The first part is the role of the car manufacturers. Uh, The reason why we only have 5,000 cars in, uh, in the UAE and in GCC is not because of demand. In our opinion, we could easily have more than 100,000 electric vehicles uh, in the region by now. The reason why we only have 5,000 cars is because the suppliers were not able to supply us the cars that they could have sold here because they focused on other markets or they were not ready with the rollout of their cars. Just to give you one example, Dana, 
In the year 2020, 3.2 million electric vehicles were sold worldwide. How many were sold in our GCC region? Less than 3,000 cars. So only one out of 1,000 cars sold worldwide in 2020 was, uh, was provided into our um, GCC region. This is, of course, not acceptable. Um, and here uh, we have the second uh, industry group that is the, the car distributors. Because you have to understand that car distributors normally uh, make their revenues and their, their highest profits on servicing cars and on spare parts. And uh, electric vehicles have a reputation that they don't really break down and there are not so many parts left in the car, so there's not uh, much uh, a profit to be made uh, out of servicing electric vehicles. And that's why there was uh, not uh, a lot of promotion uh, happening by car distributors to sell these cars in our region. But this is, um, uh, this is now uh, changing because this is the future and you cannot oppose uh, against uh, introducing uh, future concepts. And uh, the last uh, part uh, of the industry stakeholders are, of course, the developers and the landlords. So um, hotel developers and shopping center developers have no problem at all uh, expanding the electric vehicle charging infrastructure because they know uh, if they have the electric chargers, they will be able to, um, uh, to uh, draw attention uh, uh, of the electric vehicle drivers. And this is the group that they would like to have because they are big spenders within their facilities. Uh, regarding developers and landlords of uh, private communities or office towers, the situation is a little bit uh, different here. Uh, these uh, industry groups uh, need to provide infrastructure. That means they need to provide electric vehicle chargers to keep their tenants in the facilities. But they would like these tenants to pay for the electricity consumed. And here we will see uh, shortly introduction of new service concepts like charging as a service, or you will see uh, new business concepts coming up into the market that will make sure to assist uh, landlords and to assist facility management companies in order to handle the charging to the end customers, but also the operations of the chargers, because that's not an easy task. So, for example, if you have one charger in your facility, but you have 20 electric vehicles, how do you distribute the usage and the usage time of this charger between the 10 or 20 drivers that all would like to, to have their, uh, their cars recharged? So that's going to be a rather complex uh, thing uh, happening in the near future, and we will have specialized companies tackling this. And the last stakeholder group that you mentioned are the end users. And as I said before, we don't foresee any kind of problems with the increased demand for electric vehicles. And I don't know whether you have driven an electric vehicle um, before, Dana, but um, uh, if, you, if you have, then uh, I hope you will agree with me that 
Uh, once you made that experience, you would never want to return back to the combustion engine car age and era. Um, and if you haven't, then I would like, uh, love to invite you to, to try out some of our cars and, and to introduce you to, to the new world uh, of uh, electric vehicles because electric vehicles are not only uh, great for the environment, but they are also extremely fun to drive. Okay, Sam, I would take that offer in a blink of an eye. Thank you. <laughs> well, you really opened our eyes with the shocking, you know, facts, examples, definitely. And uh, it seems like there are, there's a lot to do, but there is no impossible there. I'm sure about that. I fully agree with you. And uh, we are living in, uh, in a great time. I always say we are living in a revolutionary time. It's the uh, green revolution, it's the digital revolution. We have a lot of challenges, world challenges, and we're all responsible to contribute our part to make, uh, our small part to make our world uh, a little bit more greener and uh, to prepare the world uh, for uh, the, uh, a better future for all of us and for our children and for our friends and for future generations. Yes, and we are all for it. Thank you so much, Sam, for being part of this episode and for also playing a role somehow in leading the development of EV infrastructure in UAE. This was such an informative episode and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it immensely. Thank you very much for taking the time and for inviting me, Dana, and thank you very much for the Clean Energy Business Council for doing this as well. And uh, I hope that I was able to contribute to promote electric vehicles in our region. And we are very proud at Green Parking that our team played a role in promoting electric vehicle in the region and the electric vehicle infrastructure. Okay, thank you, Sam. We would like to thank this episode's sponsor, Green Parking, the leading supplier of sustainable parking management solutions and electric vehicle charging solutions in the UAE. Mm-hmm.